Hello, 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 listeners and uh, watchers, if you're watching. Welcome to another episode of Ants, Humans, and Stars. I'm your host, Caleb, an artist with a story to tell. And uh, to the front of me in the screen that I'm looking at is the fabulous, the man with the MTV t-shirt, Digo. I'm your digital nomad for today and any day. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yes, yes, yes. And we have a guest, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the pop connoisseur, the de-gentleman, the one and only, my fam, now fam of this podcast, Mr. Sebastian, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Give it up for him. Give it up for him. Hello. <laughs> That's it. He just... No, for a second there, I thought you had like had a harmonica go like no, you're about yeah, a harmonica yeah, I in like i was like effect. what <laughs> no i don't have a harmonica unfortunately that's a good idea though next episode ne- next time <laughs> next you guess. episode yeah next time you guess guest host with us whenever you want all right so digo what are you gonna be telling us about today <laughs> i'm gonna be me i'm gonna be myself mm. <laughs> no uh, i've got today a i'm gonna still keep it secret i'm gonna it's a movie oh, okay. review a movie summary, summary and review, uh, something right. on topic. All right. Well, Sebastian's going to be telling us about metal music, just music in general that he likes, and degenting, which I know nothing about. But he will <laughs> explain to me, Digo, and to all of you wonderful listeners. And today, I'm going to tell you about a song called Creep. No, not the mega hit by TLC. So I creep. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um. I'm going to tell you about a song also entitled Creep that was the first single from an English rock band who I've come to know and love over the uh, last few years. Um, the members of this band consist of Tom York, brothers Johnny and Colin Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, and Philip Selway. And those mighty fine fellows and gentlemen make up the stellar band known to the world over as Radiohead. Right. I saw them live. Wait, are you serious? How what? I've seen so many things, Caleb. Like it's been so <laughs> I know many things. That's the and, problem. And, and You've really seen honestly, so many- like it's like, yeah, that's not that's a radiohead. <laughs> it's like, it just like yeah i mean they came to the 930 like they came, you know, whatever it happened. When was this? And- How many years ago? I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just like curious. Like, wait, when did you see them? That's I was still incredible. here. So was it late high school, early college? Is that early 2000s? So that like early 2000s? Yeah. And what did you think of them? <laughs> <laughs> First off, Same. did you know any of their music? <laughs> yes. And second, I'm guessing you went for like a date. You, you no. didn't go because... Or, oh, <laughs> no, no, okay, I went okay. with friends. My like, bad. It was a thing, but like, you know... I, I t- like I. I'm I don't just, like where this is going. I'm not ready for the for the complete like. I, I'd have to like revisit and tell you exactly why, but but in general, also I was kind of kind of drunk. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I was okay. kind of a little drunk, to be honest. Okay. This was way before my smoke pot smoking days, so gotcha. I was a different man. I re- <laughs> if I would just if I was myself in that position. I think I would have a good time. I don't. I. I think I'm remembering wrong in a different state. I'm trying to give him the best benefit of the doubt. You know, as I was <laughs> as I was putting together my story today, I was like, man, I'd really like to go see them. And and now, ladies and gentlemen, you hear that? I I come and I find out that my podcast partner has seen them. 
um, even though he doesn't really remember. But <laughs> yeah, that's, just <laughs> leave it at there. that. Let's leave it at that. He like no there. review. Don't think. D- d- forget what I said. Forget what I said. Cut. Action. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, do you want to start? With your story, yeah, me, no, Digo, no, no, sorry, no. Say, mine for, <laughs> say mine for last. I want to, I, I want to the last uh, play on the playbill. I want to be last. All right, okay. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, we have my friend, the fabulous Sebastian, here with us. I've known Sebastian for like what? I don't know. We've known each other for like five, six years, give or take. Yeah, um, it's got to be that because I haven't worked at H and M. And like three years, so we knew. Yeah, we we were coworkers yeah. at H and M, and I haven't worked there in like words. three years. And it was definitely like two years before that yeah. that I met. So yeah, it's been like five six years. Yeah, and um, and this yeah. is Springfield Mall. This is Springfield Mall. Good old Springfield Town Center. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Notice how I can't get out of saying Springfield Mall. Like it will yeah. always be. But yeah, oh, yeah. the town, now, the town center. Yeah. <laughs> um, like now I four have to, stores in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. Completely. So yeah, for those of you guys who don't know, it used to be Springfield Mall, like in the '90s and early 2000s. Then they closed it down because it was really like grimy and janky grungy man. and janky all that and they like redid it all new brand new lights blah, blah, blah. like a bathtub fitter kind of though <laughs> kind of <laughs> <laughs> went to home depot real quick and was like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fresh pile um, just pop it right over top of the old building um and so when we well when i started i started working there probably like six months after it first opened um and yeah there weren't a lot of stores there was like just kind of the big main macy's jc penny's h&m target stuff like that um so anyways that's what we mean when we say it was like no stores in there and anyways like a year and a half two years later this guy pops in and um i must say like in my life i've had people who it's not really like a conscious thing, but I just kind of know after being around them, like I want to be friends with them. And Sebastian is one of those people. And I say that because like, I feel like I had to like make Sebastian my friend. Like, <laughs> he was, like y'all, I'm serious. Like Sebastian's like, I don't know who he is or why he's trying to talk to me, but like, all right. <laughs> then like once, once I find the end, which I think like the end for me was like, we were like into like superheroes and stuff. And then like, we kind of, we gelled on like the Wait, same but music. We were coworkers. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. that wasn't in enough. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was not. Like the same story. You're like, how can I say hi to him? <laughs> no, that's the thing. It wasn't saying hi. It's like building a relationship and friendship. And I was like, how? You know, right. like how do I do this? Because also, Sebastian is kind of is he's like me. Like I'm kind of quiet until you get to know me. Like then I kind of mm-hmm. come out and I show you all my crazy sides. But um. So yeah, so I had to. I made Sebastian my friend, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I didn't not have ashamed. to talk to Caleb. I mean, because <laughs> no. Caleb knew like there was people I did not want to be around. Exactly, so. exactly. and I, I was completely honest about it. So exactly. So I was like, no, I'm. We're gonna be friends, and he's gonna like me, <laughs> whether he likes it or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, since then we've we've yeah bonded over music and superheroes and our love for pops, which I have two boxes 
I have another box here of pops that doing? just came today, and I have an unboxing. I know. I was thinking about <laughs> oh. that. I was thinking about that. I was like, maybe I should do an unboxing. We'll save it for the end, just for you people watching, since the listeners can't see. Um, you can describe it ASMR style. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good idea. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we bonded over all those things, and and he's just awesome guy. The so you guys can't see who are listening, but I'm drinking out of a tiki mug that is a Golden Girls tiki mug, and it is my favorite Golden Girls, Sophia. I'm also wearing a Golden Girls shirt today, so I'm just Golden Girls out. And and Sebastian got me this tiki cup because Aww. I have friends. See y'all like Digo's my friend, Sebastian my friend, and these are this is why they're my friends. All right, I'm about to preach. <clears throat> because <laughs> they know me <laughs> easiest way to kill his heart is a gift fellas that's that's right. the secret but but it's like but, but they know me like i didn't have to ask like sebastian didn't have to ask like oh do you like golden girls or like i think I, I mentioned on like a christmas episode the gift that digo got me last christmas and it was just like yeah they just know me and i appreciate friends like what did that. i get you he doesn't remember it's okay no i don't wow like zero you got remembering me, um the x-men game Thank you. <laughs> but see, but which see, was like, was that last Christmas? Gift. No, that wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't. That was last last that. Christmas. No, no, or no, maybe no. not. I don't know. Was it last Christmas? That I don't think was. So. Be- you would have not have been in my house last Christmas. Because oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yep. Diva's mom, mom is, is not letting anyone in. Militant. She will not. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. You're right. You're right. The president of the United States, the king of the world, the king of all aliens. She's going to make you stand on the porch, talk to you through the window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, good friends, <laughs> the good king people. king of all aliens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, Sebastian's good people. So, all right, we've got him today, and Sebastian knows a good amount more than me and Diego combined about metal music. So first, I want you to educate or just tell us. And those listening, uh, one, what you like about metal music, like what it does for you. Um, and then, like, who are, who are some of your favorite metal artists? Educate us. Let the people know. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> so, I mean, like, when it comes to metal and, like, heavy music and stuff like that, like, from, at least for me, because, like, I grew up... Um, in a multicultural household uh my mom's french and my dad's mexican so hey. there's like you know okay. mariachi you know music playing like every every saturday night you know until like five o'clock in the morning and then like i'd hear some like euro house music playing like at some point during the week so uh Hearing, like, metal and, like, rock music, for me, at least, was, like, it was different, but it was, like, I was, like, you know, what is this? This is completely different from anything I've listened to, and the first Mm -hmm. band, not really, they weren't really, they're not metal, but, like, the first, like, rock band for me that I ever listened to was Green Day, Um, and then that led me into listening to heavier bands like, um, Anthrax and Slayer and things like that. Um, Things that can kill you. You know, the bands are heavy (laughs) when when they're named after things that can kill you. (laughs) Cyanide. (laughs) Carbon monoxide. (laughs) Um, 
but just listening to like those like heavier bands like coming from like a diff- different like complete world um mm-hmm. was interesting to me and i just i delved deeper and deeper into it and as i got older you know teen angst set in and like mm-hmm. bands like mcr and like uh, my chemical romance and you know fallout boy and like the emo bands were also saw my chemical me. romance yeah oh, they're wow. fantastic live they're great yeah. and our school uh gave them stomach poisoning oh yeah okay. what well yeah. good job dang <laughs> yeah no problem no one that's why they at bishop ireton <laughs> no it was uh william and mary oh 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 well, yeah, maybe that's I why mean, they, they it's broke a bit more up bucks. for a bit. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> They're like, man, that's cool. We're we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna stop playing music. <laughs> but uh yeah, so like and even like with listening to like the emo bands and like the uh I was listening to like death metal and like stuff like that too, and that helped me at least get through a lot of tough times in my life because like I with some like heavier music, like the lyrics can sometimes be like more personal because it comes from like you know like a there's like deeper meanings in the mm-hmm. lyrics sometimes, not all but some, yeah. uh, you know. So there's bands like Cannibal Corpse talking about like feasting on entrails and stuff like that. But <laughs> um, there there's like you know the bands that like have like the deeper meanings and like dealing with like depression anxiety and like stuff like that and like for me at least like i've i've always dealt with that with anxiety and depression and uh growing up so like i always connected with that uh like from a really young age uh like just looking up to the like those bands and everything i have to ask do you think it's easier to hide um or maybe hide isn't the right word but um because yeah, I've noticed that too with with different bands. Whether that's, I mean, the kind of punk bands I was listening to, like Good Charlotte. Um, I did listen to like My Chemical Romance a little bit and and some like Fall Out Boy. But um, it, you know, do you think it's easier to 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 slide those kind of topics into a song because the music is so heavy and that's what you're first hearing and that's what you're kind of to the, the to the listener like that's your 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 first hearing the music and then you're hearing the lyrics second so I, i'm just saying versus like pop music where you know they they that's that's something that's kind of like shunned like no 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 we don't want you to i've talked about it on this podcast several different songs where you know the people are like oh no we don't want to talk about this because this we don't want to put this out because the song is too heavy or it's dealing with a subject that's that's too um you know sensitive or thought-provoking we want to like candy-coated fun stuff but yeah. I do find what that sells. in rock, yeah. But I do yeah. find that in rock music, they tackle heavier topics, and it's much more accepted than in pop music. And so, do you think that that's because of uh, just the yeah. styling of the music? Yeah, definitely. Because, like, at least in that like hub or like grouping of like people that listen to like that type of music, like we all not. I, I'd say like a good percentage of like the people that listen to that music deal with some sort of like you know insecurity or like something like that you know and like we 
feel like it's a safe place and like a safe haven that we can all kind of come together and like you know enjoy the music mm-hmm. take out our aggre- like at a concert take out our aggression you know just you know, fl- flailing around <laughs> and all that stuff you know and from like you know like a shitty day at work up oh, uh, I don't know if I can curse on here. I'm Anything. Sorry. Okay. Shit. Okay. Fuck. Cock. Balls. Because Caleb knows I, I curse like a sailor, so like I've been <laughs> I've been holding it down for like a good portion of this podcast. Oh no! Get him uh, out. It's okay. You can right. be your complete self. Okay. okay yeah. This cool. this podcast is X-rated from all the crime and okay. blood and gore. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. We we good. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just dealing with like all the shit like at work and or you know dealing with issues like with home life and all that you're just going to a concert and just being around people that get it is Mm -hmm. really comforting and i mean that's not i feel like it's not something you can mimic at like you know any other concert in my opinion because like i mean like i've gone to like you know electronic concerts uh hip-hop rap concerts and stuff like that it's just different vibes you know Mm -hmm. and with like the rock music and stuff like i feel like it's for me it's like more of at home than anything uh, you know uh where i feel like i'm around people that get it gotcha gotcha um frick what was i like i'm listening to you and i just lost the question <laughs> that is out of my head um, caleb hack everybody for your interviewing needs yes <laughs> um i have no jamal shout out to jamal because whoo that man can interview um so who would like give me some of just your your favorite like who are good metal artists that if somebody is is you're introducing someone to metal um or or i, I keep saying metal but it can just be kind of like harder heavy rock music. yeah uh, rock, well like i mean like if it's someone that's cheat. If, exactly. if if it's <laughs> bands or artists that like i because what i like to do i don't like to just throw like you know stuff like mm-hmm. all to everyone you know <laughs> but like why is he screaming <laughs> <laughs> like i i like to ease people into it so like i'll i'll like show like like uh caleb like i've showed you bands like um like issues and like dance gavin dance i feel like mm-hmm. you know bands yeah. that have like singing and screaming so that way it's like it's oh this is nice and then you hear you know mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. for maybe like a minute and a half of the song but um i guess like bands i'd say for people to start off listening to um probably it, like dance gavin dance is a good one um uh issues i'd say is a also another good one um i mean they're kind of can't uh, vocalist or was vocalist he's kind of canceled now but um uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) you you, you guys can look into that if you want uh um (laughs) but uh because they blend like the you know hip uh like r&b and like rock kind of influences and stuff like that so it's kind of easy to kind of get into you don't listen you don't realize you're listening to heavier music Mm -hmm. uh until like you know later um spirit box is another good one um i was mentioning them earlier um, spirit box we're cheering for you y- y'all yeah. are gonna get on the tour soon and it's gonna yeah. complete <laughs> you're gonna be able to complete the tour. <laughs> uh they're they're a really good one they they mix like you know the singing and um screaming and the vo- vocalist she's phenomenal um i think nice now is that um, so now that's that i gotta ask that is that something that is is prevalent because i don't know of a lot of heavier bands that have women um fronting them i mean i mean maybe 
and I don't know if you consider this a heavy band, but like Evanescence is probably the, yeah. the most popular. But I don't. It's the most like it, I guess like well known like commercially. You know, mm-hmm. like because everyone knows the "Wake Me Up," you know, because mm-hmm. like fucking, "Wake like, Me Up Inside." Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'd say they're the most like I guess commercially successful. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say Evanescence has some bangers that are pretty heavy. I'd say. Um, but do you do you find a lot of women in kind of that like heavy rock? Le- it, uh, women lead singers, excuse me. In I mean, that heavy it's, rock. Genre. It's popping up a lot more now because mm. I feel like it's more accepted. Because there gotcha. are those like, I mean, I. I personally say it's not really my place to, you know, speak on, like, you know, the women in metal and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, like, it's because I, I see there's there's still, like, those metal elitists that are like, oh, it's a girl singing. I don't want to listen to it, you know? You know mm-hmm. And I just think it's a boys club. personally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's only a but the true house. <laughs> yeah, I feel like now it's becoming more accepted with, like, a lot more bands. Like, there's Spirit Box. I mean evanescence is kind of making a comeback now they just came out with the album recently um okay nice and uh another band their name is uh ginger uh it's j-i-n-j-e-r i believe uh, i think they're from russia uh mm. they're getting pretty big now um they're like progressive metal um cool. but yeah i mean there, there's like a whole bunch of female fronted bands that i can't really i'd be here all day for it but um yeah no i i'd say I'm all for it, honestly. I think it's awesome. It adds something different to the table, you know. Yeah. So now I've who, heard. Oh, oh go. No, okay. I'm bad. I've, I'm I've heard this kind of like back and forth. It's like, is it? Is it not metal? You know, is it considered? So when does something? And I have my own feelings about it. Like, and I have no heavy metal like background. But like, I hear something that's rock and roll. I hear that that's heavy rock. Then there's like an extra, and then it becomes this metal. What do you consider that leap? What would stay over here in rock and roll, and then what goes and makes metal? I mean, like, because there's so many like subgenres now mm-hmm. of like rock and metal. It's just really hard to like. I feel like that's just music in general. Like music yeah. is becoming very mm-hmm. blended, and a lot of bands now don't like to be classified in like those subgenres. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say, like, you know, Green Day or, like, um, My Chem is, like, rock, you know, mm-hmm. alternative, mm-hmm. you know, uh, punk, whatever. And then once you start getting into, like, uh, I'm going to go, I guess, like, music nerd, uh, like, lower-tuned guitars, because, um, I mean... Uh, this is like, this is what I'm asking, like, specific, because yeah. <laughs> everything <laughs> else is just like, oh, it's kind of like this, and I can't describe it, you know? Yeah, like, lower-tuning guitars, uh, very distorted-sounding, very either, like, fast, uh, aggressive, things like that. That's when I'd say leaning more towards into, like, the heavier kind of style of music or rock or metal, um, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, now, at least for me <laughs> hey no you, you're the man with the knowledge here all I'm, all I'm hearing in my head is <laughs> like some really yeah, heavy that, that's exactly <laughs> it <drums Yeah. laughs> that come in <laughs> yeah there um, we go <laughs> <laughs> um, just real quick like uh second to last so junior year second to last year of high school junior year um <laughs> talent show uh final performance some a band a high school band 
and they played a metal track. Um, and the guy, you know, the song, no, never, I will never (laughs) remember artists nor like it, but I will never forget seeing the guy who was singing. He was like this big, big dude. I think he played on the football team too. And he was just a little, whatever he was big. Um, and he had this like notebook piece of paper and he, you know, he's singing, he's screaming the track, uh, singing screaming whatever and he's just like notebook pieces of paper you know screaming the whole thing i just remember that so vividly i'll never forget this that was like my first metal live performance of it ever <laughs> you're captivated uh, i was just uh, like oh i love it did influence me for the following years um but that's a, that's another story for another day mm. i'm sure he uh, how was that for you? I mean, do you know if he was like made fun of about it? Because I know. No, 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 no. It was. It was like. Um, like. Um, he was a big guy. They were probably scared to say anything. To him. Right. Right. <laughs> but no, he did it. Like he's to me, in my memory, he sounded great. He okay. sounded the part. He delivered, and so did the the band. And they were pretty good. And it was so much. Like it was so uh, captivating to see it that it, yeah, it influenced me to say next year for senior year, my senior year, I'm going to get on the talent show with something. And I had no music talent. So it wasn't music. It was something else, but, but that's you came going with something. Down. Yeah. Oh, I came with something. <laughs> came I came with something. something. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> that's cool. So tell us now just about like, who do you, who, who are your, who are your top five just artists period that you enjoy? Because I know you um, have an appreciation, which I like. I like people like you who can have an appreciation for other genres. I, I, can't, I can't lie. No offense to any people listening who only like one or two genres, but that's so boring and you're limiting yourself. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying there's so much amazing yeah. music and you really shouldn't be limit, limiting yourself to just one or two genres. But yeah, who, who, who do you like? I, I'm pretty sure you introduced me to the 1975. I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I love the 1975. Um, I mean, I personally haven't really liked the past couple albums, and I think I've talked to you about it personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like albums it's changed, that have like a little bit. seven intros of like <laughs> ten minute long interludes, mm-hmm. and you know, and but um, I know I, I love like the first two albums personally. Um, nice. But yeah, I'd say. Like, cause I mean, you knew, like I grew up on like eighties music as well. So like my mom, mm-hmm. like grew me up mm-hmm. on like ABBA and like earth, wind and fire and hey. like, they, you know, like artists like that. Um, but I'd say like, like top five or like just, yeah, any, just, just top five. Or some people, like, some people, whenever I say like, who are your top seven. three or top five? Top people <laughs> get, yeah. Like people kind of get, it's like, Six oh, and a half. I don't know. So just like, I say top five, but it, you can just say like whoever you're, who are like your go-tos that you're like oh i know i can listen to them like top spotify be... yeah exactly. right now or something exactly. Exactly. just read off your spotify right okay oh. <laughs> it's bad <laughs> i was listening to the wiggles a couple weeks ago i don't know if you want to hey. <laughs> the wiggles slaps but um yeah i'd say yeah 1975 um i'll always love abba they huge influence for me musically i'd say classic um periphery uh we'll get into them when we talk about gent uh okay. same with mashuga mashuga is another one um dance gavin dance is another one that i really enjoy mm-hmm. um hmm. this is hard see that's why i didn't want to give you top five i was just like just 
tell me who you like. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all of our brains yeah. go to like, oh my God, I was trying to do top, top seven. Uh, I mean, since I was going to say it's Limp Bizkit I love Limp Bizkit uh, Linkin Park you know I, mm. like, I like a lot of new metal too and pop music I love Ariana Grande as well um, ain't got no tears after cry hey uh, Dua Lipa I think is a fantastic artist personally I would love I to see know... that live like whenever we get oh, back to yeah. the like you know she's gonna do tours and oh yeah and I only, she came out with what like two albums during covid during covid <laughs> yeah, we, i just had no opportunity to dance to them like mm-hmm. we just hear them <laughs> and you're like yeah i would love to you know be in a club and i think you guys know her music more than i do because i only know a song that she did with miley cyrus for miley cyrus's last album that actually was pretty good and mm-hmm. it's called um the Vanna. Uh, no, I can't. Dang, now I can't think yeah. of the song. I don't know. I don't listen to Miley like, Cyrus nah, personally. Nah, 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 yeah. nah. But the yep. song is 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 it's, it's kind of catchy. I, like the, there's like at least like five that I've heard from that the, slap. The future nostalgia album I think is perfection all the way through. I think you should listen to that if you are gonna dip your toes into Dua Lipa. Um, I can't lie. I'm just like I'm. I'm like. Uh, Anything that's like new pop music, I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> no, she she has... She, even if it's good. She, even <laughs> even if it's good, I'm just... I, I know. That I'm, she I'm listens... Or, I mean, she kind of blends some, like, you know, older kind of vibes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, older, like, 90s kind of... And mm-hmm. 80s kind of vibes. And 80s, um, yeah. yeah. And the colors in her videos. It just, yeah. like, attracts. Yeah. Sweet, um, sweet, sweet. Trying to, yeah, Joan and Don Broker are other ones, I'd say, are really good ones. Um, but, yeah. Okay other bands awesome all right well you mentioned it so now we got to get into it so i don't know when i like first heard about this but sebastian's name on instagram is (laughs) the gentleman (laughs) um and over the years i've seen the gent and the gent this and the gent that from this man and i'm like i don't know what the heck that is i don't know what the gent this is I don't, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um i'm the lost um so, <laughs> explain to me digo and the listeners what is the genting spelled d-j-e-n-t-i-n-g yes. am i right okay yes. yeah what yeah. what is the genting just um yeah. So it, it's just pronounced gent. It's not like degent. Oh, excuse <laughs> um, me. The D is silent. The D is silent. The, D is silent. Uh, the gentleman um, is the my gentleman. Instagram name. Um, but yeah, gent, it started with Meshuga, uh, who I named as uh, a band I named. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been, they were now, a wait, band. Wait, in, like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but. I- <laughs> <laughs> to see the face he just gave yes. me yes the sass is coming out you know you when, when sebastian sass comes out you know he's comfortable um uh, and Digo legitimately though look D- Digo got scared he started wiping his face he's like wait a minute <laughs> i switch exactly. um is this band are they like what what, what genre are they or, or sub so or whatever they're like they're from sweden technically um but okay. they're like progressive metal like okay. they're they're pretty heavy i'd say um they're they've been around since like the 80s i want to say oh okay wow um so they kind of they're kind of like the forefathers of it i guess you could say um mm-hmm. they 
It, it basically, I think, from what I remember, it basically started with the guitarist trying to imitate the sound of like what their band or the song sounds like. So he was going like, jint, 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 you know, like jint, mm. jint. Mm-hmm. and the guy he was the guy who was, he was explaining it to was like, you know. I don't understand what this Swedish guy is telling me, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I, is this some Swedish word or something? And apparently he was just like, you know, like it's like gent or something. And like from there, like it kind of the style on. of music or the style of guitar playing essentially um, would be called gent. Um, it essentially like rose to popularity um, via the internet. Uh, mm. with a band who I also mentioned, uh, Periphery, um, you know, DMV hometown boys. Hey. Um, they, it was the guitarist or like the starter of the band, Misha Mansoor. He basically like pionized or, uh, yeah, pionized the, uh, or pioneered, excuse me. Uh, I was going to wait you to get there. I, yeah. I was like, he's still getting <laughs> there. He'll get there. <laughs> English. Look, I'm, I'm tired, man. I, I I popped like three melatonins last night. I was... Oh, fuck it. It's pioneer. <laughs> Pionized. Whatever. Pioneered. Uh, the whole... Like, people don't like to call it a subgenre, but like, I jokingly like to call it a subgenre. Um but you need to edit out that pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be in the trailer for this episode. Yeah, I, <laughs> my girlfriend's texting me right now, and I already she's know like, she's giving me so much, so much Pia, shit. What? And she's from Southern Illinois, so she she can't even give me shit. She her Southern twang be coming out sometimes. But <laughs> she, she coached you for this episode. She upset. She a yeah. coach in the background, yeah. like that is ten points off. <laughs> what is this pie and ass shit? <laughs> but uh, yeah, they basically like on the internet. He started like a whole like the whole subgenre and like people calling his music. Um, gent and like all that stuff and uh i mean i wish we could like play like a little clip of like you know music but you know copyright and all that stuff but (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um yeah so like if you look up like the brand the the band periphery you it's basically like internet gent is like a good idea Mm -hmm. and of it it um it's just a basic like style of music or like progressive music where they do like uh, it's very fast or uh, very like um, intricate, I guess you could say, um, with what they do. Um, like I'm trying to put this in late Lehman's terms of it. Um, hmm. Yeah, you're just saying like it's the style of guitar. That's that's. Yeah, what... I, I was trying to give an example, but oh. uh, like if you. I guess, like, if you're a music nerd, you know, like, polyrhythms and, like, palm muting and stuff like that. Go all the way, Um, you know, because... Yeah. You you never know. You got Google. You got Google. Look this up. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Exactly. If you're listening to us, then that means you have internet connection, so... Right? (laughs) You can Google. Yeah. Just look up bands like Meshuggah and Periphery, and that's basically gent. Um... But yeah, j- just the style of music, the style of guitar playing, and like, or the different instruments that they use and stuff like that is basically it. Honestly, um, has so, lots of groove, lots of like rhythm and stuff like that. And I guess that's kind of why I like it, because like you know, '80s music has like 
that's what I grew up on. It has that groove and mm-hmm. everything like that. So that's listening to that. I was like, Oh, you know, like this makes me want to like dance a little bit too, which is yeah. just, like the funny thing. Sometimes I do that when I uh, hear a new gent track. Um, so wait, do yeah. you gent when you're, cause you guys can't see who are listening, but um, my man has an extensive guitar collection <laughs> back there. And I love when I get on Instagram and I see him just, I have a new guitar at least like every month. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) On his story, he's like drooling um, over a new guitar all the time. And they are beautiful. They're worth drooling over. And he has some beautiful ones. So I do. Um, I mean, do we have anyone in the YouTube uh, live? Or other than my girlfriend? (laughs) Like they may Uh, come up later to watch. Like that's all. But yeah. I'll show you guys at least. Or D-Go, but the video will get uh, posted, so it's not like okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, more D-Go, people will see. Uh, you haven't seen my guitars. Uh, no, I have. I'll not. show you a couple. Um, we can edit this out, obviously. Uh, here's one. That's uh, a headless guitar. I see. Um, yeah, it's cool. Looks good though. Yeah, it's sparkly black. Um, that's mine. Super light. And then this is my favorite. One sparkly blue. I like I like bright colors at the top. Yeah, so it's like a roasted maple. Excuse me, excuse me. That is not brown, ladies and gentlemen. That is roasted maple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my 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 dad's roasted maple. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I I I like to have a lot of guitars. I like guitars. Uh, That's my thing. yeah. He if, plays if electric. You, he knows how to do all the the cool fun stuff on guitar. I'm just rhythm. I'm sticking with chords all day. I mean like I don't like soloing, honestly. I just like <laughs> I'm a rhythm player as well. Like I don't like to do like the stuff. I just kinda chill and just jam. But I, but I see you, you be doing your thing. Yeah, like every every like three every like four to six months, Sebastian will post a video um of him playing guitar and it's it's good stuff. Wow. You should do it more, man. Thanks, thanks. I try. Cool, cool, cool. Well, <laughs> thanks for educating us on uh, some metal, some artists to check out. We got homework to do. You mm-hmm. do. Um, <laughs> so my Spotify is gonna be burning, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, now we know all about genting. At least no, I'm, I'm horrible at explaining things. So like, <laughs> no, I, I at least that. gave like I at least gave like a. A good like starting point, and Google will do the rest. <laughs> no, I I got it. Um, our listeners are smart. Um, I'm sure they, well. they got it too. I <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. I was trying to be nice. See, I was trying to be nice. Listeners, see, I I love you. I was I was trying to give y'all the benefit of the doubt. Deagle we got our first like, one star the other day, so I'm just like, Woo! oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Hate is I don't hate. I take that with honor. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna dive into my story if that's all right Do with you it. fellas mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um talk about this band that my podcast partner has seen live um <laughs> and that one day i hope to see no regrets <laughs> all right all right so radiohead again uh this band consisted of tom york uh johnny and colin greenwood at o'brien and philip Selway. It's really interesting. I went and looked at their picture. Like I typed in their name, um, and then like it on Google brings up all the images, and it's just like 
yeah, they look the same as they did <laughs> like 30 years ago <laughs> when they first started. I mean, it, but like older, like it's just interesting to see like uh, the dimple Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> it just didn't age. Whatsoever. No, I agree. Like you could still like pick them out. Like, oh, yeah. that's them versus mm-hmm. like other bands that just. Yeah, you can't even tell. It's like, ooh, life got to you. Life hits you hard in the face. Yeah. <laughs> life is just like by life smack. you mean drugs. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, no, no. They they all look the same. So they were signed to EMI in 1991. Um, Tom York, the lead singer of the band, he wrote "Creep" while studying at Exeter University in the late 1980s. Um, and guitarist Johnny Greenwood said the song was inspired by a girl that York had followed around and who unexpectedly attended a Radiohead performance. Me. (laughs) 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 The more you know, kids, the more you know. Uh, In 1992, during rehearsals for their first album, Pablo Honey, with producers Sean Slade and Paul Q. uh, Cold, Cold... I don't know how to pronounce his name. And so it's either Coldery or Colder. I'll say Colder. That sounds better. Forgive me, Mr. Paul, if I'm messing up your last name. But um, Radiohead uh, spontaneously performed Creep like during these rehearsals. Um, and York joked at the time that the song was the band's, quote, Scott Walker song. Um, and Scott Walker is... Um, he was an artist in a band like from the 80s. He has a really good song called Night Night Flight. I think that's what it's called. It's actually really good. David Bowie did a cover of it. And anyways, check it out. <clears throat> um, uh, so, yeah. So, the producers, when he was saying that it was a Scott Walker song, they were thinking that, like, oh, this is a cover. Um, so, they went on and they're, like, performing other songs, but they just couldn't get them right. Um, and so, they suggested that they try Creep again. So they recorded it in one take, and after after the performance, everyone in the room just burst into applause. Um, and then, of course, the band had to assure the producers that Creep was, in fact, an original song, not a cover. And while the recording had minimal overdubs and the band hadn't intended to release it, the producers were highly impressed, and they called EMI to tell them to consider it as the band's first single. At the time, York was quoted as saying, I wasn't very happy with the lyrics. I thought they were pretty crap, crappy. Uh, but despite his unhappiness with his lyric choice, uh, the song was released as the band's debut single. Um, now, the song has a GBC C minor chord progression repeated throughout it, which is nice for somebody like me who only plays chords. I actually did this song. So I've never, I, I've never sang this song, but I played this song. One time I was at a... Uh, I was doing a show and it happens. This girl came up and was like, oh my gosh, like, can I sing? And I was just like, okay. And anyways, this was the song that she requested. And I looked it up and. Did she deliver? She delivered. It, it, it wasn't amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she dropped it off down the street. Like she, <laughs> it was delivered. I mean, was it picked up? The box was, <laughs> I mean, UP- the box was a little dented, but it was delivered. <laughs> UPS should have oh. taken it back. <laughs> right? It might, you know, we had to return it later, but it was delivered. Um, and so, but it's nice that the, the corporations is it's standard, and then it, it gives you room to kind of like play with other different chords and whatnot. But, anyways, um, 
so at the time, again, when they're like working on this, the guitarist Ed Bryan pointed out that the chord progression was the same as the 1972 song, The Air That I Breathe. Um, so York wrote a new middle eight using the same vocal melody. So instead of the chords, he just, he sang that. Um, and according to Greenwood, it quote, it was funny us in a way, sort of feeding something like that into it. It's a bit of change. Uh, so when the song shifts from the verse to the chorus, John Greenwood plays three blasts of guitar notes, um, which some people might call dead notes that are played by releasing fret hand pressure and picking the strings. If you're a guitarist or musician, then you know what that is. Um, and Greenwood said he did this because he didn't like how the, how quiet the song was. He said, quote, so I hit the guitar hard, really hard. O'Brien said, that's the sound of Johnny trying to fuck the song up. He really didn't like it the first time we played it, so he tried spoiling it, and it made the song. Um, unimpressed by the song's outro, the producers Slade and Colder suggested that Johnny implement a piano figure. Um, and during the final mix, Colder forgot to add the piano until the outro, um, but the band still approved of the results. So that's like you hear the band, I mean, excuse me, you hear the piano as the song's ending. Um, <clears throat> so the version that was sent to radio replaced the line so fucking special with so very special and initially the band didn't like that because they felt like they were selling out um, they were some, I, I mean <laughs> look you do what you gotta do so <laughs> no, suck it up I say um, <laughs> and so you know some people did feel like they were selling out but that didn't stop it from doing what it did um when asked about Creep and the lyrics behind the song in 1993, Tom York said, quote, I have a real problem being a man in the 90s. Any man with any sensitivity or conscience toward the opposite sex would have a problem. To actually assert yourself in a masculine way without looking like you're in a hard rock band is a very difficult thing to do. It comes back to the music we write, which is not effeminate, but it's not brutal in its arrogance. It's one of the things I'm always trying to assert a sexual persona and on the other hand trying to desperately to negate it johnny greenwood said the song was in fact a happy song about quote recognizing what you are so for those of you who are actual creeps out there <laughs> the songs for you i'm gonna cover you in one of my true crime episodes exactly, exactly. <laughs> On September 21st, 1992, the song was initially released, but after DJs at BBC Radio 1 refused to play the song for being, quote, too depressing, it only reached a lowly number 78 on the UK singles chart. Radiohead then released the follow-up singles, Anyone Can Play the Talk. Anyone Can Play Guitar and Pop Is Dead, but neither one of those quite took off. And so meanwhile, BBC's not one to play their songs and it's not really going anywhere. Over in Israel, DJ Yov Kutner played Creep often on the Israeli radio stations. Um, and he was introduced to the song by an EMI representative and it became just a huge hit over there. So much so that they went over there to play, which was mm -hmm. their first international show. And so it started blowing up in Israel. Then it also started blowing up in New Zealand and Spain and Scandinavia um and so they're really getting traction like worldly even if not the uk um 
in early 1993, uh, Creep became an underground hit here in the States, um, which can be accredited to one Californian college who added the song to a radio playlist in San Francisco. Um, a censored version of the song was released to radio stations, other radio stations here um, in the state, and gradually became an American alt-rock anthem. And you had to keep in mind, this is the time of like Nirvana, so it smells like teen spirit, and mm. apparently there's a song called Beck Loser. I mean, mm-hmm. this song called Loser by mm-hmm. Beck mm-hmm. that was also really big and stuff. And um, what's the other? Pearl Jam. <clears throat> I honestly only know the song by Nirvana. I know who Beck is, but I don't know that song, Loser. So it just really fit with what was happening in the alt-rock scene here in America. And so they didn't want to reissue Creep in the UK, but uh, there was a whole lot of pressure from just the music press and EMI and their fans. So... In 1993, that's what they did on September 6th. And this time, everybody just loved it, and it was huge, and it peaked at number seven on the UK singles chart. In September of that same year, they were the first musical guest for Late Night with Conan O'Brien, where they performed Creep, which is interesting because, so next year will be the 30th anniversary, and and didn't Conan O'Brien just, like, end? Like, didn't he just go off the air? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Missed it. Oh, well... I just thought that was interesting. Um, Conan's the guy with the hair. The redhead. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. He's off air now? First musical guest. I think so. I think think recently. Google that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Um, In the U.S., Crete was aided by an appearance in a 1994 episode of the MTV animated series Beavis and Butthead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Capital, which was Radiohead's U.S. label, used the endorsement in a marketing campaign with the slogan, Beavis and Butthead say Radiohead don't suck. Uh, Marissa Fox of Entertainment Weekly wrote that Creep was, quote, the ultimate neurotic teen anthem, marrying the self-consciousness of the Smiths, the vocals and guitar of U2, and the heavy but crunchy pops of The Cure. People called it a startling pop song, people meaning the magazine, like, not Marissa Fox. Um, <laughs> people called it a quote startling pop song and a quote gripping descent into love's dark regrets. According to journalist Alex Ross in 2001, what set Creep apart from the grunge of the early 90s was the grandeur of its chords. In particular, its regal turn from G major to B major. No matter how many times you hear this song, the second chord still sails beautifully out of the blue. The lyrics may be saying I'm a creep, but the music is saying I'm majestic. And so you would think that, you know, with the success of this song, they'd be loving it and they'd be on top of the world and everything be great. But they spent uh, the next few years touring and like singing this song everywhere and they kind of grew to resent it. Mm. Uh, Guitarist Ed O'Brien is quoted as saying, having a big hit like that wasn't in the game plan. We were giddy. The first tour we sold out and our American tour manager was going, you know, I've toured with bands who have been doing this for seven, eight years, and this isn't usual. So it was really great on one hand, but on the other hand, we couldn't follow it up. The album had a couple couple of other songs that were okay, but we didn't have a body of work. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, Johnny Greenwood said, we seem to be living out of the same four the same four and a half minutes of our lives over and over again. It was incredibly stultifying. Um, he said audience members would scream creep and then a meet, uh, excuse me, and then leave immediately after it was performed. 
which is like totally sucky and when i was reading that like on one i'm like my first reaction was like artists don't owe us anything and it's like okay in a sense they do because we are what makes the artist but once we have bought the album i mean even going to the show like they don't owe us anything like we are there receiving what they have to give um and as an artist as we talked about on this podcast before like yeah people do kind of just they 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 treat artists as if they're like a radio or just a jukebox and it's like no do this for me not do this i don't like that so on to the next as opposed to just like receiving what the artist has to give you um so anyway just from one artist that's my rant (laughs) um but uh let's see let's see let's see see. i lost my i lost my place i do feel that like if you give me something great yeah i tend to expect something again like if you did it once uh why can't you do it again it's kind of this feeling as a receiver and i know yeah they don't owe me anything but this is like i've I've no, come no, no. To I was gonna this. agree. You know, I was gonna agree and say I totally understand that. I guess I'm I'm more so coming just from the place of like I don't understand the person who goes to a concert and yells at an artist to do something for you. Oh, like I won't you even tell a DJ to do anything. Money honestly, I to go see them and and you hope that they do the song that you mm-hmm. want to hear, but they don't. I, yeah, I just I would never go to a show and and you know. Brandy didn't perform The Boy Is Mine on the show, which is her most successful Grammy-winning single. I wasn't upset. <laughs> like You will never I'm forget okay. it, though. <laughs> <laughs> if, she, if you meet her I'm, again, she's going to be like, say. Caleb, you saw me at my show. What did you not like about it? And you're going to be like, well... <laughs> no honestly i wasn't even tripping. i wasn't even tripping about it but you know what i guess i guess it's fair to use that as a comparison because for radiohead to date this is still their biggest song and so while they've had huge albums and sold millions of records and they're huge sold out concerts all that this is their biggest song and so mm-hmm. i guess yeah there is that expectation of wanting to hear the biggest song um uh Tom York told Rolling Stone in 1993, it's like it's not our song anymore. It feels like we're doing a cover. Uh, York said Radiohead uh, felt like they were being judged on a single song and had to move on. According to O'Brien, the success of Creep meant that Radiohead weren't in debt to EMI, so they had more freedom on their next album, The Benz, that came out in 1995. John Leckie, who produced the Benz recalled uh, that EMI hoped for a single quote even better than Creep, but that Radiohead quote didn't even know what was good about it in the first place. <laughs> Radiohead wrote the Benz track "My Iron Lung" in response, and it contains the lines: "This is our new song, just like the last one, a total waste of time." <laughs> York said in 1995, "Quote: People have defined our emotional range with that one song, Creep." I saw reviews of my iron lung that said it was just like creep. When you're up against something like that, it's like, fuck you. These people are never going to listen. Mm-hmm. So during promotion uh, for Radiohead's third album, OK Computer, which is just stellar. It's oh, absolutely amazing. My that was my album. Yeah, that was my introduction to them. I had the album on vinyl, on blue Ooh. vinyl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, 
Uh, so during the promotion of this album, it's, uh, it's said that York became hostile when Creep was mentioned in interviews and he refused to uh, refuse request to play it altogether. Even telling a Montreal audience, quote, fuck off. We're tired of it. This is definitely the most I've said fucking like one day in my entire life. <laughs> it's, it's what happens when you're around me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your friends rub off on you. Um, yeah. Uh, he dismissed. He excuse me. He dismissed fans demanding it as okay. Edit this. Nope. <clears throat> well, he dismissed fans demanding it as quote anally retarded. And after the tour, they didn't perform the song again until the encore of their 2001 homecoming concert at South Park, Oxford, when an equipment failure halted the performance of another song. So they did creep as just a quick impromptu uh, kind of thing. So in the years that followed, the song's been covered by just a host of of different artists. I didn't even mention all of them, but um, there was some interesting. Uh, uh, there's some interesting people that I saw had covered it really, really, really quick. Like um, Tori Amos, who if you never heard of her, like I don't, I don't know a whole lot about her, but I just know she plays piano, and apparently she did a cover of it. Also, um, this guy Damian Rice, who I've heard of him. Um, I don't know a lot of the music, but I, their covers I can only imagine were really good. Um, so, again, it's been covered by a host of artists, ranging from an inspired parody version that features a man singing Creep in the voice of Kermit the Frog with an altered mm. chorus of I Am Green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that. I've seen that. Um, Jim Carrey performed Creep at an open mic event in New York in 2011. And the king himself, Mr. Prince, um, performed a searing and electrifying eight-minute rendition of it at Coachella in 2008. It is beautiful. Like, his version is, like... I can't lie. There was a part of me that, like... Um, Prince is amazing, and I love Prince. It's like, I wanted some... I wanted more vocals. Like, because it's, it's vocally, it's a song that just builds, and you could just, like... I mean, Tom York does amazing when you listen to the song from... He kind of starts this very mellow and then he just near the end he is just he's he's i don't want to say screaming but he's like at the top of his lungs just just giving all of the emotion um of the song and it's it's beautiful um uh so yeah it's been covered by all these amazing people and you guys should check it out um also kind of during this time i couldn't find the year i looked everywhere i don't know when the year that this happened but um it was quite a while after it was released so remember i said that ed o'brien noticed that the song sounded like the 1972 song the air that i breathe written by albert hammond and mike hazelwood so they sued radiohead um mm. because they're like this sounds just like our song like the chord progression is the same um and so eventually they received co-writing credits and a percentage of the royalties. Hammond said Radiohead were, quote, honest about having reissued the composition. Um, and so the songwriters agreed to take only a little piece of the royalties. Um, but look, What's they, that they little getting, piece? Exactly. They're getting paid nicely. Their little okay. piece is still, th like, the song almost has a billion plays on Spotify alone. <laughs> okay. So... 
they they're getting they're part it. of the happy on that piece of cake so oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and a surprise move radiohead performed creep as the opening song of their headline performance at the 2009 reading festival um and they didn't perform it again until 2016 uh during their tour for their album a moon-shaped pool which i absolutely love and that album i listened to for the last six months of writing my book like that was the soundtrack to the book that's what i was listening to um and the only reason they performed it during that tour was after a fan spent majority of the concert shouting for it (laughs) um and sometimes it works yeah and (laughs) so they decided to play it um and they said it was quote to see what the reaction is just to see how it feels they were performed creep again during the encore of their headline performance at the Glastonbury festival that year. Um, and according to critic Alexis Pedridis, uh, given radio has famously fractious relationship with their first big hit, the performance of creep was greeted with something approaching astonishing delight, excuse me, astonished delight. And 2017 O'Brien said, it's nice to play for the right reasons people like it and want to hear it we do err towards not playing it because you don't want it to feel like show business and in the same interview york said it can be cool sometimes but other times i want to stop halfway through and be like nah this isn't happening (laughs) um in july 2001 uh tom york released a so yeah that's this year last month (laughs) um tom york released a remix version of creep um and the remix is based on a time stretched version of the acoustic version of creep extending the track length to nine minutes with eerie synthesizers i listened to it i don't really like it don't tell them i said that um but um york contributed the remix to a show by the japanese fashion designer june takashi who provided artwork in an animated music video for the song vogue described the remix as haunting and spare and classic rock described it as woozy and discombobulated. Rolling Stone said it was f- a fitting track for the COVID-19 pandemic when, quote, <laughs> a sense of time is warped and singular moments can seem both fleeting and drawn out simultaneously. So I think Joe uh, Taysom, uh, I think, I, Joe, I'm sorry if I just fucked up your last name, um, <laughs> but he's from Far Out Magazine in the UK. I think he sums it up nicely. He says, Um, As the years have gone by, Radiohead started to release and understand how fortunate they were to have a song as universally loved as Creep. But but importantly, they're still unwilling to be defined by it. So, that's it. That's that's the story and and all the little tidbits behind that song. Um, Because I do everything late, y'all. Like I was gonna go like read through the lyrics and like see like what I thought of the song, but I didn't do that because I was already late. Um, But (laughs) I think the song is is uh, (laughs) it's um so fucking special. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do. I really like. It is very like on upon first listen, it's like okay, this is really depressing. But um, there's something really special about it, and I think that comes through in the vocals, like. Um. Yeah, it needs to be sung by the right person because you really get the feeling and and everything he's trying to convey. Um. So and I also like I've there's I didn't add it 
but there was quotes where like he kind of says even more specifically what the song is supposedly about but i think it's uh, one of those songs that you can kind of interpret it whatever way you need to for you um so so yeah that's radio head creep so i creep (laughs) (laughs) that's for another episode another (laughs) both pillars of the 90s so you know yeah and and they definitely came because what i think creep came out in 94 so or 95 so yeah they weren't far away from each other Mm. awesome um i didn't know a lot of that I mean, like everything from the questions you did before <laughs> to the bands to stuff about. Also, I just have to say, um, as somebody who, because like I was saying, they they were like, you know, they got sick of it, like playing mm-hmm. that song over and over. And that's all people wanted to hear. I get it. You love an artist or a band and you want to hear them do a song. But like, that does get annoying. Yeah. Because, like, people got mad at Lauren Hill because not only was she late, but because she, like, changed up the arrangements for a lot of her big songs. And I'm like, that was, like, 20 years ago. It's been, I mean, it's been 20 years that she's been singing these same songs. Like, that's how you make it exciting for you. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to change it up and make it fresh because you're singing this over and over and over and over again. So, I just ask, you know especially Those when the who are on the receiving end of of the artistry just just give the artist a little grace especially in and i say this is particularly for these artists who have been singing songs for the same song for the last 20 30 years mm-hmm. you know if you're going to see anybody who was an artist in the 90s like if yeah. they if they change up the song a little bit it's okay or just if they don't relax. play that classic track because like it has to come from them unless they're lip singing which this doesn't really work in Mm -hmm. rock and roll um but Mm -hmm. if you were to do this it requires your physical body to deliver this thing and you've been physically delivering this over and over and over and it's different when it's like say you're famous for five or six tracks and you're doing Mm -hmm. those over and over but if it's the one not saying that you're only famous about this but this is the one that everybody needs and it's just Mm -hmm. this one oh i can see that being totally totally annoying and and especially how you said he needs to take it to this upper energy every time he's like oh geez like here we go i gotta go up there i have to you know here we go and you know i mean i get sick of singing the same covers that i've been playing for the last two years so i can only imagine Mm -hmm. singing the same song for the last 20 30 years and it's just like uh. yeah i mean it's pretty common with like a lot of artists and bands and all that like for example like paramore like they like Haley williams doesn't want to play misery business anymore because she doesn't mm. relate to the lyrics you know like if you know uh-huh. the song like you know what it's about but uh which you know it makes sense like it's different time now um she yeah. was a angsty teen so you know she was singing whatever but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like a lot of bands do that. Like they don't want to sing like stuff from like the fir- their first album, first single, things like that. Um, and I, I feel like people just kind of need to move on and like grow <laughs> with the artists, you know? Because uh, mm-hmm. like people, once they hear like a certain sound from an artist, they want to hear that repeatedly, repeatedly. Yeah. But like they'll also argue, being like, "Oh, it sounds the same." Like 
the last album, you know? Ex- yeah. And yeah. like it's like what kinda, do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it starts to feel like like new and different. You can same. never satisfy anyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly um i mean so i like i said i'm like i've been to one billion electronic music events and even if it's just a dj playing like so they're just pressing buttons if it's boring for them when all they have to i mean okay so there's just a couple of knobs and switches all right it's not just one button but it's just this versus delivering out of your Mm -hmm. vocal box or playing um even they are like oh Ugh, that track again. You know, like really, mm-hmm. like I don't want to. I have all this other stuff I want to like play with, and so I agree with going with the artist. And every once in a while, and it's kind of like this. You know, it's 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 the moment. Like maybe they mm-hmm. do feel like singing it, and you're yeah. at the right concert at the right time. Uh, you you get the whole crowd to encore them back. You know you've screamed for like ten minutes to get them back, and they come back, and you're like, oh, yes. And maybe then they might play. You know, it's always, it, you know, just it could happen. It could be a surprise. I've yeah, experienced like, that too. And like, if they don't like the song, the album that comes out, just don't listen to it. You know, just like just listen to the <laughs> right. other the the older yeah, stuff, right. or like you know, just there's no reason to get upset post stuff on facebook you know instagram like you know like what i was saying with the 1975 i don't really like their last two albums but you know i Mm -hmm. i just listen to the first two you know so yeah yeah there's no reason like getting you know mad about it they're just a special kind of person that feels the need to like go out of their way to make sure the artist knows i'm unhappy (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i meant that's what i meant by like uh when I was saying, like, that, you know, artists don't owe you, I'm just like, that's specifically to these people. Like, yeah, we just never go to a concert and just demand. Right. Like, sing this, sing Especially this. Especially when, like, the stage is set up perfectly, the sound is perfect, they're playing amazingly, and, mm-hmm. you know, the water's only a dollar, and you're like, this is great, <laughs> and then they're like, but... They didn't play my you song. Didn't play that song. You didn't, you didn't play, play my song. song. <laughs> That's also the same Tomatoes. thing too. <laughs> That's also the same thing too with like touring. Like bands don't always come to the same cities every tour, mm-hmm. you know. And then if they, you know, skip the person's date, then they get mad and like mm-hmm. they yeah. throw their two cents on the Instagram post saying, "Why didn't you come to Oklahoma, bumfuck nowhere?" You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're waiting for you, don't, all five wanna, of us yeah they don't <laughs> want to play the same venues every time they want to go to different places and see different things you know also you never know there's hundreds borderline thousands of other artists that are all playing at the same time so mm-hmm. the venue might have just been occupied yeah. like mm-hmm. the date that they had free to play in your area there might have been already another band or another artist playing that or like venue. event or something yeah cowboy yeah. karaoke so, was that day you know? <laughs> or maybe they just it was trivia night it was trivia night or harry potter trivia night like your city there's that real yeah, they, it, they, yeah there's that too yeah straight up they've been there they were there and they never came back that's telling <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to tour though i was literally just telling a friend that the other night i'm like i, I can't 
told you. To live out of a suitcase I'll be in a your hotel. Roadie. <laughs> I'll be your roadie. For six months. Um, I'm calling you, man, as soon as it happens. I, I want you. that desperately to happen. And then, like, occasionally can we record a podcast episode live on stage? Ooh. Oh, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'll be for the VIPs. Like we can have an audience, and um, like the VIPs can stay behind. I'm like, if y'all want or like to you're you're gonna do your sound check and everything. And ladies and or gentlemen, Dico with some true crime. I got ten minutes. I got ten minutes. This is the opener. <laughs> that'll be the opener. I'll cut. I'll come out with crime. my harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Sebastian on harmonica, Deagle on true crime. <laughs> that audience would be like, what? We got a little hell? something for everyone here. <laughs> right? Right? If I open up any audience. of your Spotify playlists, we're going to get a bunch of stuff. So it doesn't matter. We know we all love different kinds of genres, right? We're doing true crime right now. Don't worry. Caleb's coming. He's there. Don't, you <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Caleb's coming. <laughs> Well, what do you have for us? I was, I was about to say the same thing. I was like, what you got for us? I, well, I'm also going to be talking about heavy metal. Oh. The 1981 Canadian-American adult animated science fantasy anthology film directed by Gerald Potterton and produced by Ivan Rinman. Have either of you seen this movie? Didn't even know it existed. Uh, I don't even know that man's name. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who this man is. If I saw him walking down the street, I wouldn't know a thing. Well, sorry to this man. <laughs> good that you asked that. So Gerald Potterton, he's known for this movie, Heavy Metal, and also for his animation work on Yellow Submarine. Um, Ivan mm. Rittman is known for wait the Beatles song. Yeah, the oh, the, okay, okay. the music video and how it's all uh, like animated and everything um ivan rittman is known for meatballs stripes ghostbusters ghostbusters 2 twins kindergarten cop dave jr and he's also producer for animal house beethoven space jam and private parts so was also produced um by leonard mogul he's the publisher of heavy metal magazine which was the basis for the film the film is a collection of various sci-fi and fantasy stories adopted uh, from Heavy Metal Magazine and original stories in the same spirit. Like the magazine, the film features a great deal of graphic violence, sexuality, nudity, and production was made possible by several animation houses. So the whole thing is animated, um, and they were working simultaneously on different segments. I had to Google it because I was like, now this kind of sounds familiar, but now I remember it. My dad showed me it when I was mm. like super young. <laughs> mm. oh, yeah, lots I of remember boobs. it now. Yeah, lots of boobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, despite mixed reviews, um, the film has a modest success and has definitely achieved cult status. Um, it's also uh, featured in a South Park episode where. Um, Oh, shit, what's his name? <laughs> Kenny. Kenny uh, is like sniffing cats. Or like cat urine, cat pee to get high. And like when he gets high, he gets transported to this movie. Like basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, in the framing of the story uh, in Heavy Metal, the astronaut Grimaldi, he arrives at home via a Corvette 
like so he's in space he's in the spaceship the spaceship opens up the cargo bay and out flies a corvette <laughs> enters like the earth's atmosphere like and you know all while the movie's heavy metal theme is playing you know it's like it's it's pretty cool i saw the movie it's pretty cool um very 80s shit um <laughs> it sounds like it <laughs> uh the astronaut gets home He's greeted by his daughter. He has something to show her when she opens when he opens the case, a green crystalline sphere rises out and melts him uh, and introduces itself to the terrified girl and says, "I am the sum of all evils. Look carefully. My power infests all times, all galaxies, and all dimensions, but many still seek me out." A green jewel they must possess, but see how I destroy their lives. Uh, and amongst other things. So looking into the orb known as the Lochnar, the girl sees how it has influenced societies throughout time and space. This is how the movie starts. <laughs> and you're like, okay, just where are we right out of the gate. going with just this? And basically, it's just like little stories loosely linked together and i'm going to highlight a few and with um uh bands that made it happen so one of the stories harry canyon has music by blue oyster cult uh donald fagan the co-founder lead singer of and keyboardist of the band steely dan stevie nicks and journey uh, this story, Harry Kenya, is about a dystopian and crime-ridden New York City in 2031. Cynical taxi cab driver Harry Canyon narrates his day in film noir style, grumbling about his fares and frequent robbery, and he always thwarts them with this disintegrator installed in the back of his seat. And he gets into an incident where he rescues a sexy young woman from a gangster, a gangster who murdered her father. Um, it's one of my favorites, actually. Anyways, uh, another one, B-17, with music by Don Felder, lead guitarist of the Eagles. Uh, World War II B-17 bomber nicknamed the Pacific Pearl makes a difficult bombing run with heavy damage and casualties. As a bomber limps home, the co-pilot goes back to check on the crew but finds nothing but dead bodies. He notices the Lochnar trailing the plane. Um, informing the pilot, he heads back to the cockpit, but as the Lochnar rams itself into the plane and reanimates the dead crew into zombies, the co-pilot is killed while the pilot parachutes away, and uh, he lands on an island where he finds a graveyard of airplanes from various times, along with wrecked airplanes of uh, his wrecked airplane and the zombified airmen uh, who surround him and kill him. Wow. <laughs> uh, so beautiful and so dangerous with music by Nazareth, the Scottish rock band, Sammy Hagar, lead singer of Van Halen hey. for a time. Yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. again, Don Felder, the guy from the Eagles. Uh, this one is about Dr. Anrak, prominent scientist. Uh, he arrives at the Pentagon for a meeting 
regarding mysterious mutations that are plaguing the United States or COVID, whatever. At meeting, uh, the doctor tries to dismiss the occurrences, but then he sees the Loch Nahr in the locket of a beautiful stenographer <laughs> uh, with huge breasts. Um, he begins to behave erratically, and then he sexually assaults her. This movie is problematic. I mean, there's some... It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then this like colossal spare ship drills through the roof, abducts the doctor, and by accident, the stenographer, Gloria. Uh, the ship's robot um, in this air- starship uh, is irritated with the doctor, and uh, who-, who actually ends up being a malfunctioning android. And... But then when the ship's robot sees Gloria, he's like, oh. So um, he wants to have robot sex with Gloria. Anyways, um, there are these uh, Edsel and Zeke, um, these co-pilots, um, and they snort a huge amount of powdered drugs called Plutonian Nyborg before flying home, zoning out on the cosmos, and too intoxicated to fly straight, they crash, land, unharmed into a huge space station (laughs) um and one more tarna with music by none other than black sabbath uh i.e ozzy osbourne um the loch nar is now the size of a giant meteor it crashes into a volcano on another world and draws a large mass of curious people As they begin to climb the volcano, it erupts, and green slime covers the crowd, mutating them into an evil barbarian army. The mutants subsequently attack a nearby city of peaceful scholars. Desperate, the city leaders mentally summon Tarakians, a once powerful but declining warrior race with whom the city had a pact. The city falls before the call can be answered. Tarna, and now this is like... This is like the image when I think about this movie and also um, where uh, Kenny goes, basically. He goes to like this movie and he basically hangs out with this like Tarna, beautiful warrior, big breasts, last of the Tarakians. Uh, she gets the call. <laughs> Off-brand Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tarakians. And uh, she prepares herself. She gets on her like flying beasts yeah and and she's like that right on the eagle yep. yeah <laughs> uh but everybody's dead and she's determined to avenge them she begins following the trail of their murderers and encounters a small band of mutant barbarians she kills them uh and with uh more she gets more information about what the hell's going on and so she travels to the mutant camp but then she's captured um tarna is tortured thrown in an open pit she's unconscious but then her ride escapes and rescues her swoops down to rescue she tries to go for the Lochnar, but the mutants pursue and shoot her uh her mount down the mutant leader faces tarna in a single combat wounds her but tarna managed to kill him and using the last of her strength tarna and her companion make a death flight to the volcano as they approach the Lochnar warns her off, claiming that sacrificing herself would be futile. Ignoring the Lochnar, Tarna unleashes the power imbued in her sword and breasts. 
and dives into the volcano, destroying the Loch Nair. The film is clearly intended as a trip. Um, <laughs> and on that level, it does succeed very well. Um, <laughs> it's the most expensive adolescent fantasy revenge fulfillment wet dream ever to slither onto a screen until Disney overtook Marvel. Um, it's got <laughs> mixed reviews, as I said, and a few issues with sexism, as I said. It's 1981 when this movie came out, so it's a little, it's a little much. It's a little much for um, for certain mm-hmm. uh, audiences. For 2021 audiences. Oof. 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 Uh, yeah it it is (laughs) this movie would be yeah it would just like it would get published and then immediately taken down (laughs) youtube would be like no (laughs) um a few notable voice actors are in this movie roger bumpus i.e squidward tentacles from spongebob squarepants um eugene levy the dad from american pie and schitt's creek he mm-hmm. plays the best, funniest dad. Um, Harold Ramis, Egon from Ghostbusters, rest in peace. Uh, Susan Roman, who did the Sailor Moon series. Um, mm. Quite a few others, some more famous than not. Um, and But the most notable of the voice actors, I save the best for last, is John Candy, who's been in many movies. Ah, yeah. uh, for me, the best roles are Cool Runnings, mm-hmm. National Lampoon's Vacation, and of course, his uncredited film, unpaid film, but like literally for me is like John Candy is like, is a home alone. Like his mm-hmm. one piece in that movie, it was like, mm-hmm. it's like the whole, it's so heartwarming and everything. And yeah. he was, was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever. You know, you don't have to pay me. Like, I'll do it in a day. Oh, John yeah. Kenny. Also, rest in peace. He died a long time I ago. I need to see Uncle Buck. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I don't think I've seen that either. But Maybe. Macaulay Culkin's also in that. Anyways, continue. Sorry. So, um, I've seen the movie, uh, Heavy Metal. It's great. I mean, I liked it. Okay, I mean but the boobs and, the, and everything, but like you know, whatever. Um, it's it's like I don't know. I like it. It gets my heart going. Um, I see the problems, <laughs> but I like it. I would I would rewatch it, and um, it has inspired many um, kind of uh, love, death, and robots is one of mm. um, the inspirations out of this. Kind that of was a, yeah. It was interesting, but good. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah, far out there uh, mm-hmm. concepts, you know, and yeah. short stories. It, uh, yeah, um, yes, watch it. You have to find it's not available on YouTube. I tried to see like, oh, you can get it, but no, I downloaded it. I ripped it. Don't tell the government. Um, I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> no one. They already like, listening. Yeah, they they good. Um, Especially the intro. Just watch the intro with the Corvette coming down the space. I think it's like such a a great intro. I love it. It's such like as soon as I started watching it, I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm watching this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's only like an hour 15. Like, it's not, you're not committing to too much. Yeah. And and a good soundtrack. All of this, like, I didn't talk. I mean, I mentioned the 
uh, many of the uh, artists that were involved, um, but I can't really give my opinion as far as like, was that really good? Was that? Re- I mean, I liked it. Um, I thought it was like energetic and awesome and everything. So like, action sequences and then heavy metals playing in the background. I mean, usually mm. goes hand in hand. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works, and it's also scored by the Philharmonic, something like that. Mm. I didn't write that in my notes. I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah. yeah. Um, Good watch. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. I might need to rewatch it. I need to see it. Please do. Just It's it's pretty great from what I remember. (laughs) Uh, I will... I'll send you a link if you. Well, you know what? You can you can just get it. You can rip it, but or I can give you a link. Um, you just send me the link. Okay, I will. But don't tell the government. Mm-hmm. Copy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Copy that. Shh. <laughs> um. Okay, and just because this should be kind of um, tradition, Sebastian. Hmm. Years in the future, 2047, um, I become world master leader and all powerful. And for some reason, I don't like you, you know? I just don't. I like something happens. Just, between now and you. then, something happens. Yeah. And I banish you to an island. Okay. <laughs> oh okay now i know what i was like where is this going i have no clue where it's going okay okay i got it i got it <laughs> but i i i have also spoken to aliens and i've been given powers um this is how i kind of dominated the world um and i'm not that bad like i just don't want to see you anymore so i'm kind of like ripping away all like electronic communication from you keeping you alive you got your own island it's cool it's like it's a great island like yeah. No hurricanes. You're going to be fine. I got your little house and everything. You'll be just there for the <laughs> rest of TP. your day. Your little TP. <laughs> you in um, a log cabin. You look a little better than a TP. <laughs> no, man. I hate him, remember? <laughs> he gets the most basic shelter and a magic plate. And this plateful of food will um, magically appear uh over and over again for the rest of your days it will only be this food it could be whatever you want but you will never be able to eat anything ever again besides this plate full of food you finish it and it just pops up again you'll have food and water and stuff maybe i don't know some alcohol or something and a joint i don't know (laughs) you'll have other stuff don't worry but this plate full of food what is it I feel like you could have just asked. You know, nah, I know. I know right? but each time I'm going to get more and more elaborate. I was going to say this is way more detailed than yeah. uh, when this question originally started. It was literally just, you're on an island. You can only eat one thing. Go. I thought you were just going to ask like desert island books or something. I don't know. Uh, steak, probably. Just like the steak? steak? No sides? Just- no sides. My, my girlfriend's watching. She knows. No sides. No <laughs> I usually, sides. I usually, whenever I make a steak, I just make the steak. That's it. A well seasoned snake. A seasoned snake. 
<laughs> well, see, yeah, Caleb, not that way. All right. <laughs> I know, I know. He, he, that's the Mexican side. He got that yeah. steak seasoned. I, okay, I, I seasoned it. You seasoned, you know, it. salt, pepper, garlic, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Uh, that, uh, yeah, thick just cut, a, like a very thick, beefy ass. It's taking up the entire plate, an inch high at least, or yeah. kind of a thinner. What is your preferred kind of meat? (laughs) Uh, Porterhouse is technically my favorite. Um, Medium, medium rare? I usually like to do medium depending on the cut. Porterhouse, I I think I would do medium rare. Okay. Um, So I've banished quite a few people. Like Caleb, on his island, he's got uh, sweet potatoes or potatoes or some sort of breakfast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jesse's got pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh Jamal has got seafood. So That's right. we, yeah. we good. I got Popeyes. Well, I, I'm master and commander of the world, so I can eat whatever I want. But like yeah. in my magic plate, it's Popeyes. Um and, and you got steak. Gosh, I got steak. Oof. Yeah. Oof. We, we so good. We get to visit each other's islands, then we're good. Yeah. We're, we're if I deem up. it okay. If I allow it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's the ruler. No, no corn pudding, Caleb. I know, right? No. I, <laughs> I should have said corn pudding. Honestly. That's what you should. Yeah, you need to add yeah. that to yours. That needs to be your side. Okay, corn I, pudding. Just rewind. <laughs> so Steak that's another and corn thing. Pudding. <laughs> <laughs> For the Together. listeners, my my mom makes corn pudding, and Sebastian's like in I miss love it so with much. it. Okay. Um, Why haven't so I, I had ha- the corn pudding? I, you ain't Sebastian. Only... <laughs> oh, you banished me. I, I gotta <laughs> say, she's literally made corn pudding just for Sebastian. Like it wasn't even for us, or any, it was just for Sebastian. <laughs> she, yeah, she made him. me a couple times just for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, um, Caleb, here you go. <laughs> literally, I'm right. I'm right. I have to tell the story. So the first time Sebastian <laughs> tried it was, I think this was. It was Christmas. It was Christmas, um, I'm pretty sure. Spent Christmas with me and my family like several years ago. And um one, it was funny because he's <laughs> made <gold>. he made <laughs> he, he made his plate of food and my mom had made potato salad uh-huh. <laughs> for the big Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. And everything else on the plate is warm. <laughs> right. Sebastian, Sebastian goes. Gets him a hefty spoonful of the potato salad on his plate and goes to put it in his mouth and just his response. He didn't do this out loud, but in his mind, he was just like, eh, it's cold. <laughs> he's expecting, he's thinking like it's mashed potatoes, it mashed potatoes of some, ki- of some kind. Yeah. I get that. Um, I get that. Yep. And he was just, so that's like a running joke. Just that eh, it's cold. <laughs> Because I didn't know this at the time. Like, he played this off very just stealth James Bond. You you wouldn't have known. And then later on, he's like, yeah, I didn't know that was potato salad. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? He's like, no, I thought that was smashed potatoes. I was like, I thought, oh, I mean, I thought it was weird there was no gravy, but I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'll just eat mashed potatoes, just mashed potatoes. You know, I've got a little cheese and butter. It's fun. But, yeah, no, that took me for a loop. But the corn pudding just made up for it because that was my first time having it and i was yeah like, he had it and then he was in love since then so yeah i'm in love with it so I i'll have to get my mom pudding. to make you some some corn pudding probably not until you get back 
Mm. I will. Like, well, when I come, I'll make sure you have corn pudding. But for Digo, it's probably you probably won't get it until you come back. Yeah, that'll be around Thanksgiving, Christmas time. She'll make it again, and you can come over. And or unless something. you run upstairs right now, or no, exactly. you're already upstairs. You know what? You run right no, behind if, you, and you're like, mom. And my my so my <laughs> mom for now. you listeners, my mom does love both Digo and Sebastian because even though, I mean, like. I talk about Digo because Digo's here, but she will ask me periodically, how's Sebastian doing? So my mom loves Aww, you. Um, I love your mom. But, She's um, so sweet. If I, di- if I went up there right now and said, like, hey, Digo leaves in five days. <laughs> Can you make him <laughs> some corn pudding? I guarantee you she would be like, sure. It's a potato yeah. salad for Sebastian. Exactly. <laughs> just heat it I, up and give me a mash. No, no, you put, that, <laughs> yeah. put that in the freezer before you give it to him. <laughs> well, that's what it is. My mom makes it, and then she lets that just sit in the refrigerator while everything else is cooking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everything else on the plate is warm, and then it's like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but yeah. I, I appreciate a, a good cold potato salad, as I will. But I have been there because I think. I think it's that, uh, you know, so we both have Latin backgrounds. And I think Latin people, it's like, this is hot. If it's a potato, it's going to be hot. Yeah. Every sort of version of it. And this kind of uh, cold mayonnaise thing is just, (laughs) this is just not what we do. There are some things that are that kind of like, anyways, I'm not going to get into it, but that, is something that's very outside of the culture, outside of what's usually... My mom wouldn't be making potato salad. But then, mm. of course, like, you know, we grow up, Any we learn, American and cookout. we understand, and then it's like, oh, but then, like, ooh, you put some... I mean, I like mine with a little bit of Dijon. I mean, like, you keep... You know, then I get it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. and I like uh, a good hot whatevers and some cold potato salad. Yep. Yep. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Sebastian's like, I'm going to pass, but give, pass. Pudding, but give me that corn pudding. Give me that corn pudding. Give me that corn pudding. I'll just have three three helpings <laughs> of corn pudding. That's my meal. She's like, your mom's going to be like, you don't want no turkey? Exactly. Porterhouse <laughs> medium rare with some corn pudding. Some corn pudding. Mm-hmm. You can dig it. I don't even care if, the, if they touch. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It ain't That's cold, great. so I don't have to worry That's about great. it. <laughs> Some of that meat sauce is just getting in there, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't even care. It's that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Them sauces be mixing. It's just, mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, the mashed potatoes and the meat. Just With mashed like, potatoes, yeah. Oof. Mm-hmm. Or rice. It hits, it hits or different. Rice. Yeah, rice. rice is good. I, got, I got the potatoes. Like so this is what I had today. I, I grilled some yeah. steak. By the way, that actually happened today, right before we recorded. I barbecued grilled steak, rice, mom made, and um, mm, that that the meat juice that just runs into the mm. rice. Oof, nice. Mm. That sounds so, good. I don't remember the last time I had steak. Yeah, you don't eat red meat, right? I really don't. It's not like I go out of my way to not eat it. Like I don't. I would never say like, oh, I don't eat red meat. I just I don't. <laughs> but not like for yeah. a reason or. A, a thing I just you just yeah. don't like it like is it like one of those things where it's like if it's there you'll eat it if it's there it you like- know yes if it's there I'll eat it and also um it has to do I, I think I've said this before I my mom didn't 
grow up or my dad grow up cooking steak mm-hmm. or like pork chops and stuff like i would go to my cousin's house and they would have that and i would eat it but i didn't grow up with my parents making that in the house so it's like coffee like mm-hmm. i don't drink coffee like i didn't grow up with my parents drinking coffee so it wasn't a part of my life and so it's yeah it's not something i'm going out of my yeah like i said i'm not saying no to it but i i just don't ever yeah. after the apocalypse it. um we can do uh barbecue here uh <laughs> parents house on the deck uh-huh. um and we and i can make you steaks cool. good steaks i like my cow killed though i need it dead <laughs> um, I, I want it. I want it completely. Wait, you just want it like well, well done. Well, well done. Wait, but you want put jerky the, put the pre- or steak? Put the preacher voice on it. Well <laughs> done. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Caleb, your yours yours is out there. So cook. like we'll, we can go exactly. all start to eat. Like yours is out there. Like exactly. go get it when. Is black. <laughs> yep, that's that's. I, look, uh, that's you I you say. want jerky or steak, Caleb? Like <laughs> borderline, borderline jerky. What uh, I say? Well done. <laughs> 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 that's, yeah, I need a dead. So cool, cool, cool. Well, um, that you that was your story, right? That's it. Okay, cool. I just want to. I didn't want to like end mm-hmm. one time, but. Um, well, I just reason, jump into you. a true crime like, <laughs> and <laughs> let me tell you about this murder. <laughs> for oh. for some reason, I thought you were going to talk about Suicide Squad because you said something like relevant, so I thought it was like relevant to now. But mm-hmm. like, I thought that was what we were going to talk about, but that works now, too. We d- we t- we talked a little about the Suicide Squad. You saw it, Caleb. I haven't seen I, it yet. Did you see it? I did watch it. Yeah, uh, the new one, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nah, we don't we don't talk about the old one, but right. Uh, and that's yeah, the only one. Wait, wait, wait. We should make this. We should end, and then we should talk about Suicide Squad real quick, and just make that a little bonus since that's okay. a big thing right now. Okay. Oh, we should get a little ending for this, I guess. Yeah. So, um, fight for what you love for jo- joining us. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Just kick me out now. Why don't exactly. you? <laughs> Just go game with my cat. Your head. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to Leia for me. Um, oh, I will. Uh, but no, yes, yes, yes. Thank you for for joining us. Yeah, we end our we end our programs um, with uh, fight for what you love, and most importantly, fight for what's right. There you go. So, um, or for whatever LeVar Burton has to say, or whatever LeVar, LeVar Burton has to say, anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Because mm-hmm. he's the man. <laughs> and with that, um, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>